Well, good morning. I'd like to start this morning by reading to you from the Word of God. These are the words of Jesus. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man, will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Well, good morning. It is great to be with all of you today. Um, I hope that your heart is at peace and without anxiety as, as you listen to God's word this morning and, and through the preaching. Um, whether you're here today online or whether you're here today in person, I want to welcome you. My name is, is Ken, if we've not met before. And I, I know if you'll focus your heart on God and, and, and that, that you're, it'll do your heart good today. Put your attention on Jesus this morning. Um, our message today is called Pronouncing Peace. And uh, we're in a series called Anxiety Solved. And last week, our message is about our anxiety of people or the fear of man. The, the biggest reason we become anxious is because people are really big to us, and often God is very small to us. Jesus starts out our text today with the phrase, and I tell you. And in that, I believe he's giving us an important example and answer for overcoming our anxiety. First, we need to listen to him, and then we need to proclaim the truth of the gospel to ourselves and to others. I chose the title Pronouncing Peace, which sounds a little awkward, because to say announcing peace might make some of you anxious right off the bat. See, if you've looked at the biggest fears people have, you know, if you search on the internet, you'll find out what I'm doing right now is what most people are even more afraid of doing than death, um, speaking publicly. In my calling to preach the gospel, I have had to battle that fear daily. I am an introvert socially, but professionally I've become an extrovert because of my deep love and trust in Jesus. I chose the word pronounce because the word pronounce means to say something correctly. It also means to say something with authority. See, a jury pronounces a verdict with its authority. And what I believe has helped this anxious heart of mine and many other people that I've had the opportunity to, to help with anxiety is the pronouncement of the verdict of the gospel that God desires to be at peace with you. The reason we get socially anxious or, or speaking is because we're afraid of being rejected uh, or mistakenly saying something that might bring us shame or creating uh, a conflict by what we say. The, the common denominator of all those fears are the people we're talking to or, or people in general. We fear people because they can expose and humiliate us. Uh, we, we fear people because they can reject us and make fun of us or hate us. We fear people because they can betray us or attack us or threaten us. But the gospel says God desires Peace with us. Peace is the opposite of being anxious. In, in our first verse, Jesus 
promises us this peace. He says, and I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before man, the son of man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. See, that's a universal promise of peace from someone with the authority to give it. Everyone who confesses or acknowledges Jesus before men will have peace with God. That's exactly what Jesus is saying here, that, that, that he will acknowledge us before the Father. It, it says that more clearly in Matthew. He, he, he will confess to the Father that we are forgiven of all of our debt of sin. He will confess that we are now God's friend because of what he has done for us. He will confess that we are internally untouchable by our enemies because if God is for us, then friends, who can be against us? Jesus is pronouncing a sentence of grace upon us that gives us peace if we believe him. The way we believe him is to pronounce what is true of us over and over again so we will hear that louder than our anxieties the the word before in that sentence um, means in the presence of jesus is saying we need to speak the truth of the gospel in the presence of people for him to speak it in the presence of god the bible says this in romans 10 9 because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with one's heart, one believes and is justified, and it's with one's mouth one confesses and is saved. For many early Christians, when they confessed Jesus is Lord, they faced immediate persecution because Caesar was Lord. So when we, when we risk confessing that Jesus is Lord before men, um, it, it honors God. We're, 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 we're stating we don't fear man, we, we fear God. It is before men that we confess what God's love has done for us by sending us his sinless son to die for our sins and be buried and be raised again on the third day because that is how we become justified, which means sinless before God. And this saves us eternally from his wrath. Sadly, never, many never make this confession because they are more anxious about man's wrath and approval than God's. Because of this, they stay very anxious in life because the peace of God has never been pronounced over them. The Bible says, the, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe, Proverbs 29, 25. You know, in our text today, I believe Jesus is inviting us out of the trap of fearing people more than God into the eternal safety of trusting in him. He, he warns us to avoid this trap because he knows it's a weakness for all of us that we try to find our glory in what man thinks of us instead of trusting in what God has said about us. Jesus says this, but the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Now, friends, just as much as that other one was a promise, this one is also a promise. Jesus is pronouncing a verdict 
Over anyone who denies Jesus' gospel before men, Jesus will deny them before God. They are not considered a friend. They are not at peace with God, and all their sins will still be counted against them. They will be considered still enemies of God. Do, do you see how dangerous it can be to be anxious of people? It could make us deny our Lord. Why, why would we put ourselves in that danger? Well, because of the love and approval of people becomes a very powerful idol to all of us. We often fear having their love more than we fear having God's love. The Bible says, the fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He, he will not be visited by harm, Proverbs 19, 23. When, when God is our highest fear, when he's really big to us, the text says we will have peace or, or rest or, or be satisfied. See, this is another clue to what creates our problem of anxiety. How many of you took my prescription last week for anxiety of reading Psalm 23 three times a day? Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you might learn something in that because it's the key to anxiety. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, if God is our shepherd, the one who has all our needs met, is there any need to be anxious? The problem of our anxieties is actually want. Psalm 23's pronouncement of the trust in God that will give you peace or freedom from anxiety. If we make that pronouncement, I shall not want. The reason we get anxious is because of the want. I want people to like me. And people are fickle and sometimes they don't. And so I become anxious. I want my wife or my husband to love me. And often they don't. And we become anxious. We want to be accepted by people and, and sometimes we're not. And so we get anxious. We want people to like us so that we can be successful and get what we want. And if they don't like us, we become anxious. We want people to agree with our opinions. And when they don't, we become anxious. We want people to remember us and find us important. And when they don't, we get anxious. Anxiety is about the want. It's also about what we don't want. I, I, I don't want people to mistreat me. I, I, I don't want people to betray me. I, I don't want people to laugh or make fun of me. Anxiety is about our wants and our desires. But when we confess, we shall not want because we trust, all of our trust is in the one that provides all of our needs. Anxiety disappears. It goes away. If Jesus is Lord, if Jesus calls us friends, if he is God, why would we fear what a man or a woman think of us? It's because of our pride. We are more gratified in what people think of us often than what God does. To, to be free of anxiety, we must identify this sinful desire to have our needs met in people and to learn to trust more in what God has promised. Instead of 
anxiously seeking the approval of people, we must pronounce his verdict of peace over us in the gospel instead over and over again. See, people will betray our love. People will forget us. It happened to Jesus. People can seek to injure us because of their own wants that drive them to abuse us. But God does not want or need anything from us. He loves us from his nature, not his want. He, he has pleased us when we believe in his nature, according to Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, there's no anxious toil to pleasing God. God is already pleased or satisfied in himself. And he wants you to be satisfied in what's most satisfying in life, him. It's people that put us through all kinds of gymnastics to win their affections. And in turn, they're pretty fickle about their affections. In Jeremiah 31, 3, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued in my faithfulness to you. And in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God shows his love for us that in that while we are still sinners, or we're still sinners, Christ died for us. This, these two verses, to me, prove love is not based on our performance to satisfy the want or need of God, but that he just loves us out of his nature. God loves you out of his goodness, not your own goodness. Many of us feel shame for our sins, which makes our lives feel broken. And, and, and so we then medicate that with the affections of people. And that makes us anxious because we try to desperately work and, and, and we sometimes compromise ourselves to try to keep their love. See, friends, there's a, a difference between needing people and loving people. We need to think about that. It, it, if our needs are met in God, we are much better at loving people. Our, our need or our want of people's love for us can keep us from pronouncing the peace of the gospel to them. Because we worship our feelings of love from others more than God. According to LifeWay Research, 55% of Christians have not had a gospel conversation with anyone in the last six months. 24% have only shared once or twice in six months. Could it be that 74% of Christians are really not acknowledging Jesus before men? They, they are not pronouncing peace to others? What is the number one reason Christians say for not sharing their faith? What is it? Fear. It's fear. It's anxiety. What do they fear? They're just speaking. They fear the, uh, losing the affection of people which again is a deadly trap, according to the scriptures. Living this way is unsatisfying, and it's potentially eternally unfruitful because 
they are denying Jesus in order to be liked by people. Crossbones, I am very encouraged by you. You're, you're doing much better than the national statistics. I did a little poll through our app the other day, and I, I, I asked, what was the, when was the last time you had a gospel conversation? And 30% of uh, those that, that answered um, said, this week, I was really encouraged by that, because um, we talk about going and being the church. Uh, and 50% said that they had a gospel conversation last week. And another 20% said, said it was a month or longer, um, which those are incredible stats. Uh, unfortunately, only 10 people out of 70 um, that use the app uh, replied. So apathy could be a problem. Apathy could possibly be caring more about the things that give us glory than what gives God glory, which is acknowledging him before men so that other men and women might worship him. I, I, I have found obedience to want is what creates more anxiety in life than pronouncing peace will ever have. My, my anxieties used to disable me in many areas of my life, but now, because I regularly read his word, have gospel conversations, train others to do it, and, and, and have daily gospel conversations with myself in prayer, for the most part, my worry is gone. And I live confidently in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. See, he promised to acknowledge me before the angels of God. Living in obedience to God instead of obeying our wants will bring peace to our hearts. Living by want will bring you great anxiety. The Bible says this, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert, and he shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts in the Lord. Acknowledging Jesus before men is showing that you have trust in the Lord because you're going to get opposition. It is showing that you trust in God, not your wants. Denying him is trusting in the affections of people, which is ultimately what is making you anxious. You know, I noticed something on social media this week. I, I posted not so good a picture, according to my wife and daughter, of them on Facebook. And it got over 70 likes and over nine comments by some of you in this room. Now, the prior week, uh, I, I posted this verse. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you, 1 Peter um, 5, 6, and 7. It only got five likes. And only one from a church member. Now, for me, that's not an isolated experience. Whenever I post a picture of my wife, she gets close to 100 likes and many comments. Yes, she is very good looking. I'm very blessed. But, but whenever I post a pronouncement of peace in a verse or a, a quote from a famous preacher, it gets maybe two to five likes. If I share a sermon or an event, it gets about the same. 
is that, because, is that because people like my wife better than God's promises? If I posted my sandwich today at lunch, it would get higher likes than a gospel post. Why? Is it because most like what brings glory to man and brings the affection of men to fulfill their want more than what brings glory to God? Just a thought. There's a box on, when you post on Facebook, and it has a question. It says, what is on your mind, Ken? It probably has your name there. Is it possible that our wants and our desires are on our minds more than God that can truly fulfill our needs? The average person spends four hours a day on Facebook, I think. I, I became curious what's on the minds of our church members, so I'm going to create a little anxiety. I, I picked 10 people from the church and, and looked at their last 10 posts. 90% of what was on their mind were pictures of their family, the products they were interested, venting their emotions, political posts, and their activities. So out of 100 posts, only 10 posts were sharing sermons or, or verses or church activities. We have a youth activity coming up. There's kids probably in your neighborhood. And, and, and you know, Seven of those 10 posts were from one person. And everybody I picked were leaders. So are, are we acknowledging Jesus before men? Eight, eight, eight of our people could not even be convicted of being a Christian by what they're posting daily. Now, to be fair, none of them were denying Jesus. They, they just missed the opportunity to acknowledge Jesus and the gospel. Think about it. If each of you has at least 100 friends, which is a low number on Facebook, and, and you each shared one sermon or testimony or praise song or verse per week, the potential pronouncement of the peace of God would be 1,000 people or more. That simple click. but it gets clicked for the sandwich. Practically, this is simple obedience to be a witness and acknowledge Jesus. And if we do that in our lives, if we will, if we will do that, um, you know, it, it will do this. Now, I, I probably made some of you anxious because I looked at your Facebook pages. Right? <laughs> I don't normally do that. But God does. So if I made you anxious that I might look at it, what about the one that knows every hair on your head? Where is he seeing that your mind is at? You know, if, if we would put a few more clicks in his directions, maybe as a church we wouldn't have to have any anxieties about growing it or budgets or, or those kind of things because God is faithful as his message goes out. It's just, just a thought. But more importantly that, if you start making pronouncing peace the priority of your mind, that's going to curb your own anxiety. The Bible says we'll be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And, 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 and we do that by pronouncing the peace of God through the gospel to others and our own mind. Because as we're telling it to them, our minds become focused on it as well. Have you ever told your testimony and gotten really excited afterwards? 
because you're remembering what God has done in you. When you share the gospel, it gets you excited. This is the way to keep from your own anxiety. Is to, Jesus says to Peter, do not be fearful or anxious. Come follow me. Do what I do. He's given us the answer. 2 Corinthians 5.11 says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known to your conscience. Peace comes when our minds are focused on His promises to acknowledge us before God. And that happens when we acknowledge Him before men. Our obedience to, to use whatever influence we have in this world for His glory when we do that, it gives us a clear conscience. It, it takes away our anxiety. Now, again, if, if, I'm, if I made you at all fearful talking about the face, don't fear me. I'm just a man. Fear a God who knows every hair on your head. And, and don't be distracted from him by obeying your fear of men. The whole social media thing is all about likes. How many people like me? It's, it's a fear of man. We live in a culture. We are inundated in a culture that breeds the fear of man. But Jesus is the one that promised. Everyone who acknowledges me before men, the, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. See, the real question is what does your heart really delight in. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. Psalm 37, 4. Friends, what is the desire of your hearts to be loved and accepted and acknowledged by people? Then you'll be anxious. When we fear God and acknowledge him over the fear of man, we are given all of those things in him. But see, if God is reduced in our eyes, the fear of people will thrive in our hearts and we will be anxious because people will reject us and they will even shame us for our sins and even the sins they perceive we have. But what, look what the Bible says in verse 10. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. This is a top 10 sin to speak against God. His design for us is, is to praise his name. Yet that verse is promising that forgiveness is possible from him for our great sins. Not only possible, it, it's universally available to everyone. Also, when your sin is forgiven with God, it's a done deal forever. The text says it will be forgiven. It, it means it will be forgotten. The Bible says this, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities or sins, and I will remember their sins no more, Hebrews 8, 12. If we fear God, our, our sins will be forgotten and we will have peace. If we fear people, they will shame us for them and make us work hard and anxious toil to achieve their love and approval again. If we fear God, we are honest, admitting our sin to him, knowing that he promises to forgive it. Even when we insult him, we speak against his name. We can trust he will choose when we come to him humbly. He will choose not to remember it no more. 
Now, the second part of this verse can needlessly make many who are soft-hearted very anxious. And, and unfortunately, it doesn't make the ones that need to be anxious by it anxious. It make, should make those people be anxious and repent. It says this, but the one who blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. See, the, the word blasphemy means to act or to talk offensively about something sacred like God. So, so why does Jesus say we can be forgiven speaking against him and not forgiven by speaking against the Holy Spirit? Well, the title Son of Man means God, according to Daniel 7. It's one of the ways Jesus identified himself often in the scriptures to, to reveal to others his true identity. And he uses the title 26 times in Luke's gospel, 14 times in Mark's, and 29 times in Matthew. Yet many people, like the Pharisees, the Romans, and even his own disciples, often speak against him or, or speak back to him. They, they struggled in believing him in his incarnate state. And yet Jesus does not condemn them for their sin or their error. You see, many of us in life struggle with doubts trying to understand the mysteries of the incarnation, that Jesus was fully God and, and, and fully man. And we may, in our lives, speak a word of blasphemy in our ignorance, which will be forgiven. Jesus came to save us, not to condemn us. So, so why are his words different about the Holy Spirit? I, I believe it's this word, holy, and, and also the role of the Holy Spirit. God is holy, which means he is set apart. There is none like him. He is unique in all the universe for his love for us and his, his power and, and his strength and his might. He is the only one qualified to judge us. He created everything, and he should be feared because the Bible says that's what brings us knowledge and insight. The Holy Spirit is to guide us in those kind of truths about God. In, in John 16, 8, it says this about the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit reveals knowledge of the gospel to us. And, and if someone hears the, the knowledge of the gospel to them, if they hear it and they reject it, they will not find forgiveness. Now, this is having full knowledge of something, fully understanding it, and rejecting it. See, Jesus on the cross prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. We were destroying the Son of God on a cross because we feared man about this prophet and we were jealous of him. Most people did not grasp they were killing God. When we sin, we don't always grasp that. When the, the Holy Spirit came through Peter and revealed the truth to them that day of Pentecost, 3,000 men were cut to the heart when they realized what they had done and they cried out. And many of those were the same men that cried out, crucify him days prior But when their carts were cut, they put their trust in him. The Holy One of God who had not seen corruption and had risen from the grave and proved their sins were forgiven. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, friends, is, is not an accidental sin of ignorance. There are many who follow Christ who get anxious that they have done that in a weak moment or a 
a moment of ignorance, and they've lost the possibility of the love and the forgiveness of God. And friends, I want to tell you today that that's impossible. Romans 8, 38 through 39 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Friends, are you part of the creation? Yes. An accidental mistake will not keep you from the love of God. In our ignorance, in our backsliding, and in our sin, we can't separate ourselves from his promises to us. And and so if you're anxious today that, that you have somehow lost the love of God in your sins or your mistakes, let the Holy Spirit convince you otherwise. See, the Holy Spirit needs to convict us of sin. That, that's the first role of it. it. It convicts us that we do have sin. So the fact that you're feeling your sin is a good thing. That means the Holy Spirit's doing his job and you're not rejecting it. The second thing is the Holy Spirit uh, does is convict us of God's love and goodness and righteousness. The truth of the gospel is none of us is right and good. We all stand condemned before God. Yet in his goodness, he chose to forgive us by sending his son to the cross to die for us so that his wrath could be appeased in himself through the righteousness of his son. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit convicts us of God's judgment because God is just and sin will be judged. For those who trust in Jesus, it will be judged in his body on the cross and they will be forgiven. For those who do not believe in Jesus, they will be judged forever with the devil in hell. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is a willful act of defiance and rejection of what a holy God has done for you through his love. If you fear God, you will be led to repent and find mercy. If you reject the Holy Spirit and you don't fear God, you will not find mercy. Actually, being afraid of losing his mercy is a healthy sign that you have it. You're convicted of your sin. Don't reject his love. You, I mean, I'm saying you can't, you don't just reject his love by an accident or a prank that, that, and then be done forever with God. To believe that is to blaspheme the name of God who sent his own son by his mercy to save us. People get to that point of rejecting God based on their pride. They they do not admit their sin or they do not feel that they're accountable to God for it. And so they continually reject his mercy because they don't feel they need it. They ignore or refuse to believe that they will ever be judged. It's a, I am good attitude. They just don't really see any need for for God. What they like most is to be praised and affirmed by men. They fear men. That becomes their idol or their God in life. And, and, And sometimes this happens to people because of the shame of other people's sins that are done to them. And, and, and so they only feel redeemed in the acceptance or the affirmation of people. And friends, Jesus is trying to tell us that's a trap. For some, it's a trap where we'll never feel good enough to overcome our shame. 
And, and, and so we, we spend our lives feeling like a victim. And sometimes we blame others. And sometimes we, we blame God. And that's a trap. Another way to be trapped is that you believe in the praise and the affirmation of people, that that somehow makes you good. And, and, and so you deny your own sin and you reject forgiveness from a holy God. And see, both of those things will make you really anxious because what you're really fearing is getting affirmation either as a victim or as a success. Verse 11 says, and, and when they bring you before the synagogue and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. It starts out, and when they. Jesus does not identify a person here. It's vague. He means people. The they can be church people. It can be family members. It can be bosses. It can be coworkers. It can be classmates. It can be friends that persecute you. Anyone seeking to be your ultimate authority in your life. Jesus says when this they happen to you, you need to have faith. Jesus says, do not be anxious. Literally, God forbid that you be anxious over mere people. Jesus knows we can worry too much about what we will say because of the judgment of people. We worry about the verdict of public opinion, and we become afraid to speak. If you fear him more than, what, than people, you will not fear what to say. Jesus says, you will be taught by the Holy Spirit. We all worry about what to say, how to say it, how it will be perceived. Beloved, you will be able to pronounce peace if it's in your heart. Don't worry about the words. Get it in your heart. If you fear God, you will be convicted of your own sin. The best gospel preachers, I believe, are convicted of their own sin. They're not fooled by the praise of men. They are humble before God. They, they speak of God's righteousness and goodness in Jesus, not their own. They are not the examples of the goodness of God. Jesus is because he is the one who died for us. They, they are not anxious because of what man can do to them. Man can only kill the body. They, they fear his judgment, the judgment of the one who can kill and destroy them, the, both the body and the soul in hell. They don't reject the truths the Holy Spirit's teach their heart. And so they are free of anxiety of people. And they are able to speak what ought to be said. They have wisdom and the pertinent thing to say because the fear of the Lord is where our wisdom begins. We are teachable by the Spirit when we have it. We are able to pronounce peace over ourselves and others and, and gain more confidence in life, in our obedience to God. See, the, the world believes and teaches that our confidence comes in positive feelings or positive self-esteem. The truth is, confident comes, confidence in your life comes from what the Holy Spirit teaches. The fearful truth that you are a sinner desperately in trouble because of his wrath. But instead, 
Because of his love, you have received mercy, which has forgiven you and given you everlasting life. Self-esteem comes from a person's opinion of you or your opinion of you or somebody agreeing with your opinion of you, which is the fear of man. And, and the other sad thing is that constantly changes and it ends at some point. Jesus says he will acknowledge you before men and I believe then you'll have God esteem because he came before men and he loved you and he will be there after men are gone and he will love you. So you'll always be esteemed as a dearly loved one. Today, will you acknowledge him before men? He has promised to pronounce peace over you and and call you his friend. Your self-esteem will make you anxious because you fear a fickle creature called man. God-esteem solves your anxiety because he has promised you can never lose his love and acceptance. Today, confess, pronounce, or speak the truth with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he is the one to be feared, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. And your anxieties will be replaced with peace. Let us pray. Oh, Holy Father, we thank you and we praise you for your word. Your word is truth. Whether it gets a like or not, it is truth. And Father, we praise you for it, for in it is life. And Father, I pray right now that you would send the Holy Spirit. Father, that we would be convicted of our sin, of, of, of fearing people more than you. And that today we would turn and repent, admit our sin to you, seek your forgiveness and mercy through your promise through what your son has done for us and commit our lives to follow you to become fishers of men. Oh, Jesus, work today in a powerful way. Let us not let our fear keep us from confessing the truths about who you are. Father, if there's anybody here today that's not done that, Father, may they, may they come and, and speak with me as I'm standing here May they come and speak with one of our deacons like Todd. or Father, may they share that with somebody else. May they declare their faith in you before somebody else and find peace. I pray that in Jesus' name today.